is important for uh, our students to be able to see what is possible for them. Representation matters. So our objective is to address the development of the whole child in the educational environments they've been in, their potential has not been tapped. Seeing leadership in the same gender all around you. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. school is something unique, even in a region filled with Catholic schools, and single-sex Catholic schools at that. Marion is an all-girls middle school, and it's also unusual in tailoring a private school education to lower-income students. And here today to discuss it is Mary Elizabeth Grimes. She is the president of Marion Middle School. Mary Elizabeth, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm so glad to be with you. So Marion Middle School calls itself a school beyond walls. What does that mean? What that means is, first of all, our mission is to break the cycle of poverty. And what we know about poverty is people uh, certainly need things like food and clothing and shelter to alleviate their immediate needs. But what is it that it takes in order for them to get to the root cause of their poverty? And so Marion looks at things from a more strategic viewpoint where we want the individuals to transform their attitudes about their life, and we are providing the needs and supports to allow them to do that. Hmm. So certainly the very basis of that is with educating the girls who we have from fifth grade all the way through what we call career success. And that is staying with them in high school and college and helping them get their first job. So from the very first time a Marion girl comes to us in fifth grade or maybe even sixth grade, uh, she is there for uh, 12 years and the intention is to for her to make an impact in the world. So how do you stay with them even when they're beyond your walls after they've graduated from eighth grade? Um, How does Marion continue to be involved in their lives? We have a graduate support program, which actually begins the relationship with our students in seventh grade, where we are preparing the girls to go to what we call high-performing high schools. Many of our students come to us two to three grades behind. Mm. By the time they finish Marion, on average, they are grade above. And it's not that we necessarily have any uh, magic potion or secret wand. It's just that in the educational environments they've been in, their potential has not been tapped. And so we certainly see the potential in each child, develop that And by the time she graduates in eighth grade, she's prepared to move on to, as I said, a high-performing school. The graduate support team then continues to mentor and guide that student through high school and always preparing her for the next level of 
challenge or educational step that she's going to take. Hmm. So we prepare them with ACT and SAT. Uh, we make sure that they are acclimating well in the educational environment that they're in. And then, of course, preparing them for post-secondary plans. So that could be uh, college. It might be a trade school. It might even be uh, the military. But the whole idea is once they finish whatever their plans are, they are going to move into a sustainable life. Hmm. You mentioned how far behind these students often are when they come to you. Are they coming out of public elementary schools? Where do they go before they, they get to middle school? Uh, for the most part, it is students coming from various public schools throughout our area. As a matter of fact, we are not a neighborhood school. Uh, our families come to us from 28 different zip codes, hmm. which includes some communities in Illinois. And the parents have uh, tried other educational school systems, and they really want an environment where their daughter's not going to be bullied and where there are other challenges that exist within the public school setting. So our objective is to address the development of the whole child mm -hmm. and helping her to understand that she has the potential um, to do whatever it is she wants to do in life. And so we are, you know, certainly supporting her dreams and introducing her to things that may not have been in her purview. For example, I always say, you cannot be what you cannot see. So we are very intentional about introducing our students to women who are in various professions that they can uh, then spark some desire for them to want to pursue hmm. uh, that profession. I understand you're also involved with their families. You're not just working directly with the students. Well, what do you do for the families? So we, again, take a holistic approach when it comes to supporting the families. We recognize that if there is some challenge or even crisis at the family level, that that's going to impact our students' ability to focus on her direction forward. So we have wraparound services that we make available to our families. For example, one year ago when COVID hit, mm. we knew that there would be food insecurities for our families as a result of the pandemic. And we worked ahead of time to develop a remote learning plan to assess what the technology needs were for our families. And we went to the grocery store and stocked up and put loads of food into the back of um, station wagons and RUVs so that our girls left uh, just before spring break with technology and food. Um, and we continued that process throughout the summer. Hmm. I mean, that's that's terrific. It sounds, frankly, pretty expensive. Where does your funding come from that you're able to bring in these lower income girls and not just provide them a private education, but also these additional services and things like food, technology, all that adds up? Well, I appreciate the question. And uh, we're a school that 
has been blessed with supporters who believe in the mission and the impact that we're making on students and their families. Hmm. So we are solely funded by uh, the generosity of individuals and even companies and foundations that believe in what we are doing uh, to uplift students as well as their families. Uh, Going back to your question, for example, we see the transformation impacting the family members of our students. Hmm. So, for example, we have parents that have gone back to get their college degrees. Some have gone on to get their advanced degrees. And I have even encountered a parent that is getting her PhD. Wow. That's, that seems like just a huge transformation from, from the starting point that you described. Well, what I said in the beginning, systemic change requires transformative attitudes. And so that's what we are putting into the toolbox of our students and our parents are seeing that as well. And and it really comes down to attitudes. I mean, it feels like the deck is so stacked against people in ways beyond just state of mind. Well, that's absolutely right. I mean, again, uh, what people uh, may not understand are all of the social determinants that stand in the way as barriers for individuals who are uh, struggling to overcome poverty. That's why they call it the cycle of poverty. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is whatever is in our capacity to be able to remove, we do that. Um, Some parents, for example, uh, just in the transition from high school to college, I mean, many parents who might be listening to this, if they've ever encountered filling out a FAFSA form. Oh, yeah, those are a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, it's the height of frustration, like you said. And so we're working with them to ensure that not only it gets filled out, but there are fees that are involved that just because there is a fee associated with moving forward, it could discourage the student and the family. Mm -hmm. And so we make sure that we... Uh, address situations like that so that they can continue to move forward. Hmm. This sounds like a great program. I'm I'm curious about the fact that you're single sex. I feel like in, during the middle school years, you find everybody keeping boys and girls together. What do you see as the advantage of, of having just girls in your program? Oh, well, I certainly appreciate that question because in middle school, it is where uh, young people, but particularly young girls, are finding their voice. And there are so many things that are coming at them from so many different directions. So if there isn't a clarion call, if you will, to who they are, um, you know, they could move on into a lot of confusion. And so we have found that uh, we appreciate boys, but sometimes they are a distraction. Uh, (laughs) I feel like most of us uh, stipulate to that, right? (laughs) Yeah. And the other aspect is uh, something that's very real. And that is when you're in a single sex school, that is where you're really building your leadership abilities. Hmm. Because every opportunity that is available is going to be led by another female. And so you're not only able to stretch what your idea is for yourself in terms of leadership, but you're seeing leadership in the same gender all around you. 
And, you know, I would say even in what we see in our society today with our current vice president uh, breaking um, the second highest glass ceiling in our country, Mm -hmm. it is important for uh, our students to be able to see what is possible for them. Representation matters. Mm -hmm. Well, Mary Elizabeth, you've given us a great overview of the program there at Marion Middle School. I'm curious, looking ahead, now that we're beginning to sort of think about coming out of this pandemic, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but things are starting to feel a little bit hopeful. What do you see as your biggest challenge for Marion Middle School today? Well, again, I appreciate that question as well. And we really try to be proactive in what it is that we do for our school and therefore our students and families. So our board, our staff, our faculty came together in the spring of last year to develop what we call a 10-year impact statement. And we looked at uh, what our community is going through today and what might be the need 10 years from now. Uh, And we know that education is fundamental to uh, what is going to help any society progress. But what we noticed is St. Louis ranks uh, among the nation's 20th worst cities for child poverty. So we knew that we had a tremendous uh, challenge ahead of us. And in the impact statement, what we determined is uh, Marion's work extends far beyond a transformational middle school education. And we wanted to be able to address with our innovative program how we're going to be very intentional about that graduate support program that I mentioned. And unfortunately, we are out of time to go any deeper into that. But it sounds like you guys are thinking about this. The future is very much on your mind. You've now got a 10-year plan. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Grimes, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and, and sharing about Marion Middle School. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.